Hello and welcome to the first in our Canterbury Tales video series. In our series, we will be summarising all you need to know about each of the 24 stories in Geoffrey Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. And one thing that's very important to recognise is that this story is written in medieval Middle English and it's believed to have been produced in around 1387. So it's arguably the most famous text to emerge from the medieval period, which is when it was produced and when Geoffrey Chaucer lived. And if you're studying this text, it's important to firstly have a very solid understanding of context, what was happening at the time. You also need to know a little bit about the man himself, so Geoffrey Chaucer, the author, and also understand important contextual issues that affected medieval England at the time, because these issues will be reflected in the individual characters within the story. So in this video, we will look at the background and context when it comes to understanding this story. And we'll also begin by covering the prologue. And in subsequent videos, we'll be examining each of the 24 stories in detail. So to begin, Geoffrey uh, Chaucer was born in 1340s in London and his family was very well off. Indeed, Chaucer himself worked for the wife of Edward III's son as a teenager, so he had a very direct connection to a royalty. Chaucer, when he was older, served in the Hundred Years' War as a soldier and a diplomat, and from a literature perspective, he's very well known for developing his own style of poetry, which was written in Middle English vernacular, which just means, essentially, he wrote the way that people at the time spoke not to be confused for French or Latin. So when you're reading Canterbury Tales and you're seeing how uh, the verses are written by Chaucer, they are not written in French or Latin. They're written in Middle English vernacular. A little bit about medieval period, because this is very important when you're analysing the characters and how they relate to what was happening at the time. So, uh, as I've mentioned before, the Canterbury Tales were written in the, in the middle of the medieval period in England. And this time it's characterised by several things that were happening. So, firstly, the Hundred Years' War between France and England. There was the Black Death, which killed several people across all of the UK. Uh, there was a feudal system. There was also the Magna Carta, the founding document for government as we know it today. There were the Wars of the Roses. And finally, the medieval period did give way to the start of the Tudor period. So Middle English was spoken during this time and this is why the Canterbury Tales may not sound like the English that you're used to reading because it's written in Middle English. More specifically, when you're thinking about the social hierarchy at the time, the feudal system that was pervasive uh, in the medieval period was characterised by a very rigid hierarchical structure. So as you can see in this pyramid, at the bottom with the yellow background, uh, there were the peasants and those who tilled and farmed the land. They were the landless peasants. So uh, they were right at the bottom of the social hierarchy. And just above them were the knights who fought wars and served the monarchy. Above them, there were the noblemen and the church clergy who were very, very important, and particularly the noblemen were part of the landed gentry. And then right at the top of this hierarchy was a king who was believed to be instituted in place by God, so he had a divine right to rule over the land. Now going in, into a little bit of detail and an overview of the different characters within the story. So we begin with the narrator. 
Now, the narrator is called Chaucer. However, a common misconception that some people have, particularly when analysing this text, is that this person is intended to be Geoffrey Chaucer or is intended to represent directly Geoffrey Chaucer's own thoughts. Do not assume that. So Chaucer is the name of the narrator. However, Geoffrey Chaucer himself was was deliberately ambiguous when it came to uh, his own opinions of what happened in the different stories as well as the different characters. This is important because he was keenly aware that if his opinion did not fall within the favour of the king at the time, uh, this could mean very bad news for him. So Chaucer deliberately kept his own opinions ambiguous. However, we do have the narrator who is called Chaucer and we do get his impressions and his opinions of the other characters, which are not always unbiased. Other characters include, firstly, the knight. So he tells a story and we learn that he's a very kind and noble person who has fought several battles. There's the wife of Bath. So she's a woman from uh, a small city in England called Bath and she's been married several times. There's a pardoner uh, who's uh, one of the religious um, representatives and he grants papal indulgences. But we also do learn that he's a fraud and he saves profits for himself. There's the miller. He is a bold man who often doesn't follow orders. There's a prioress. She's a nun who's dainty, kind and very well mannered. There's the monk who loves hunting and he's also very indulgent. There is the friar. He's a roaming priest who often takes bribes. The summoner uh, who brings those who break church law to court. He has leprosy, which is a debilitating disease at the time. He drinks often and is incredibly unpleasant. There's also the host who's the leader of the group and he facilitates the telling of the different stories. The parson is the pastor of the town and he's the only good holy man. The squire is the knight's son. The clerk is a philosophy student who's very poor. There's the man of the law who's a lawyer and he's commissioned by the king. There's the manciple who is in charge of purchasing and storing food for a court. He's not very educated, but he's very intelligent. The merchant is known for trading furs and he's an upper class man, so he's among the noblemen. There's the shipman who has a long experience in sailing. The physician who is one of the best doctors, but is also a very greedy man. There's the Franklin who is a free man who's not a serf but he's also not at the top of the hierarchy as a nobleman. Uh, The reeve is a steward of a manor. Uh, He's good at his job, but he often steals from his lord. The ploughman is the parson's brother. He's a peasant, but he's also a very good man. The guildsmen, who are part of the pilgrimage, uh, are five in total. Uh, They're always spoken about, however, within the story as one. And they look like a common day labour union or a group of craftsmen. The cook works for the guildsman. The yeoman is the servant of the knight and his son. The second nun does not have her own story and neither does uh, the nun's priest. And now with that in mind, we're going to go into a summary of the prologue. So in the prologue. We learn that the narrator, who's called Chaucer, but does not directly uh, represent Geoffrey Chaucer, uh, he joins a group of 29 pilgrims at the Tabard Inn in Southwark. 
Southwark, uh, interestingly enough, is a place in London Bridge, or very close to London Bridge. Uh, the group is planning to travel to the shrine of St. Thomas Becket, which is in Canterbury, Kent, and the narrator describes all the pilgrims briefly. The host suggests that they all go together and share stories to pass the time, and each of the pilgrims uh, will tell two stories on the way there and two on the way back from Canterbury, and whoever tells the best story will get a free meal at this tavern, and they determine that the knight will go first. So that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening to our summary uh, on the story itself, as well as the prologue. If you did find this video useful, do give us a thumbs up and please do subscribe to our channel for more educational videos. So we'll be producing several more videos as part of our Canterbury Tales video series and we'll also produce accompanying revision sheets. So please do subscribe and do drop us a line if you found this extremely useful and also if you're keen to hear a little bit more on a particular topic that we've covered but you'd like a bit more depth, do let us know. Thank you.